G GR86 or whatever the yeah the Toyota oh yeah 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 brand new yeah aluminum hood and took a nasty nasty shot just a horrible looking crown so uh-huh I told him it's very unlikely to get perfect results with just PDR but he wants to attempt it and we'll paint it if necessary right right well, I mean, it's cheaper than probably buying a $600 hood, I imagine. And what color? They're is like 1200 bucks. 1200 bucks. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And what color? It's uh, like a, looks like a metallic charcoal kind of. There you go. Yeah. Metallic anything, you're saving him $2,500 or less what you charge him, which hopefully that's in the six range, maybe. I lose you. Uh oh. I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay, we had a, probably an internet lag. Sorry, I, yeah. I, it went it went silent for a little bit. Maybe you muted your. Mic oh no, not not intentionally, at least. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, we were just talking about. I mean, I know, I know the the Phoenix, you know, Southland is probably a little bit different than what our pricing is out here. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you could probably even go half of what what he's gonna. I I told him because apparently it has a clear bra on it too so oh. that I just found out. So I told him he would need to replace that, and I told him fifteen hundred for PDR. Love it, love it. Yep. How and then about about another thousand, about another thousand if it ends up needing paint. Yeah, yeah, of course. How old is the guy? Roughly. No idea. Okay. He sent Maybe me a text at about midnight. <laughs> Got it. So, so probably not too old. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right. Well, look. Um, I just, I just hit record. So whatever you say can and will be used you in a, against in a court of law. Uh, uh -huh. JK. But uh, <laughs> no, let's. The re the reason. Uh, let me just give you an introduction first for those that you may a few people may not know. This is Jared Kirk. Uh, three, four year PDR tech. How many years? Uh, three years. Just exclusively pdr yeah okay july um, of 2020 there we go oh wow coming up on your anniversary yep nice um <laughs> former maybe partly current auto body tech i don't know if you're still doing any of that no. fun stuff oh, nope i i don't sling bondo but if it needs paint i send it to a paint shop so <laughs> wow you're completely hands off look at you yeah love it yep well, the kids and the wife will probably appreciate that. You might be around longer. Um, yeah. Well, good, good. Congrats. Formerly uh, went through our program as well as others. Um, Jared is probably uh, one of the most astute PDR techs in, in, in so factly that he is constantly trying to educate himself further. So he's taken a multitude of different uh, educational programs um you want you want to list a few of them uh yeah so i did Corey kleinfeld's like jumpstart pdr beginners uh kind of business coaching mm -hmm. your training i did i mean well before i actually went out on my own i think a year and a half before i even went out on my own right uh maybe two years and uh i did some advanced training with mike toledo also um just did the 
PDR College Advanced Skills Seminar. So that's something that we're going to discuss. And then, I mean, I am constantly listening to podcasts, just trying to source information from the, you know, the people who are, are uh, actually kind of setting the pace and advancing and in the industry. So seems like all all of the people that are advancing you you'll get some different information but they all have pretty similar mindsets on where the industry is going and kind of setting trends and trying to standardize uh repair processes so right right no it's good i mean all those people are, are thought leaders um you know you, you can't go wrong with the names he dropped um and there's probably other opportunities. I'm sure you've kind of tickled the ivories with a few other options, Jared. Um, you know, there, there's not just from a technical standpoint, which, you know, I talk about a lot, but I mean, it's not that I want to talk about it, but I just know that's kind of the, you know, dudes in the industry love, love new shiny tools, but at the same time, they also want to learn how to be more proficient and faster, better, so we can do more advanced damage, which yeah. uh, we're blowing the doors open, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's crazy how how far the industry that you know I I at least followed even ten, fifteen years ago, but uh, wasn't really in it. But how much damage you can repair today versus ten years ago? Like the stuff that's almost common ground today wasn't really done ten years ago, except for maybe a handful of people. Right. You know, it's funny. I had a I had a dealer hit me up the other day, and they wanted to blow out their tech because back in the day, you could do wholesale and be a nickel dime quarter, maybe a golf ball guy, and nobody would question you. Nobody would call you out, even if they they had a hired gun. Let's say they came in through the service drive and knocked out a, a whale, you know, or whatever. They still wouldn't call out their dent tech, and they'd be completely happy with him cleaning up the lot inventory. But now this guy hits me up and says, you know, we're not really happy with our tech because he's he that's almost that like to your point, that's almost like old school. Now, the old dent wizard rules of, you know, not no dents within an inch and a half of a panel, no dents bigger than two inches. I see that that in their in their workbooks, you, you've probably seen their access books that they used to distribute. They probably still do to their techs, but they, I'm sure they got rid of all those yeah. limiters you know, because of glue pulling and better tooling and so forth and so on. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just crazy. What is, I think expected out of a tech now that, you know, if you're not able to do a smash, I think you're going to have a very limited, if any available space in the PDR world in five years. So I agree. I totally agree. I mean, I I think there may always be, you know, there'll probably be corners of the planet, you know, in Des Moines and, in certain areas, you know, where there, there's not a high incidence of text, but it's just from sheer numbers in evolution, you know, your demo in Phoenix, mine in Southern Cal, I mean, any big metro, you know, Miami, Chi-Town, I mean, there's going to be pressure on the new techs coming in that if they're going to just think that they're going to make a, a steady living doing two-inch dents, it, that's going to slowly diminish. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So on that note, maybe we should segue. Um, Jared was nice enough to take uh, his Saturday morning here away from his little ones and his wonderful wife. Um, and you you still just have two, right? Yep. Okay, cool. That's so it. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying there. Um, on that note, we did a vasectomy doctor the other day here. Not, not the actual doctor. We did his car, but I just figured maybe oh, yeah. give him a shout out since you just kind of mentioned that's it. For any of you are looking to do maybe what Jared's talking about, uh, Dr. Uh, Johnson. Uh, but anyway, um, that's not a paid spot, by the way. Uh, okay. So anyway, so Jared and I was hoping to do the same thing, but there was an event and I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to butcher the name, but I'll throw the organizers out and, and, and then Jared, you can pipe in and, and, and we'll, we'll enjoy this little roller coaster ride. But, but, uh, there was an event with Bryce Kelly, um, Shane Jacks, I believe Keith Cosentino, both of the PDR college fame. Um, I, I believe Matt Moore was the person who hosted it. Am I correct? Yep. Yeah. It was okay. the advanced skills seminar. So advanced, thank you. And then, um, the gentleman from Brazil, uh, Aurelius, what's how do you say his name again? Uh, I think it's uh, Guardes, something like that. But he he actually yeah. was not able to attend. Ah, oh, bummer. Get us uh, because of a because of a, a visa passport ah. issue. But he uh, and and they actually they emailed everyone before the event. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, offered to let people opt out, which was which was nice, but. They worked through different lawyers, uh, people at a law firm here and over in Brazil. They had, I think, a, the California like senator kind of sign off on him. Like, Damn. they were trying to move mountains, and after three three attempts, it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, so, so he he did like Skype in. Okay. So we still got some something out of him, yeah. but uh. Yeah. He was not there in person. Okay. How any how's his English? I'm I'm sure he's has some English. Zero English. Oh, okay. So okay. they had a translator. Yeah. Okay. Tough. Online right. and and a translator in person at the shop there. So. Yeah, that's crippling. But um, yes, it makes it more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, that's too bad because I I discovered him. I think I'm one. I swear to God, I think I'm one of the first ones. I'm talking maybe seven or eight years ago. I was just hunting through Facebook, just looking for some stories. And then, and because of the search terms, Facebook served up some of his work at his shop in Brazil. And he was doing like accordion smashed quarter panels, kind of like what the man of steel does now. If anybody follows that guy up in Northern Cal. Yeah. Um, he was know, actually at the seminar also. He was oh, kind oh, of his, his in-person replacement. So, Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, you know, frame machine poles, AKA PDR, you know, I mean, just massive, you know, massive, massive repairs. And, and, and you would see the, the same paint flaws. There was no question that Geddes was, was doing it paintless and, and, you know, and maybe those clients, you know, Brazil populace may not always have the money that you might find in some of the more advanced nations, but, but regardless of pre-paint or whatever, it was pretty impressive the stuff that he would do. And, and since then, you know, Bryce has kind of risen up and there's others, but, but, you know, Man of Steel and, and whomever you could throw your hat in there, but, uh, but nonetheless, yeah. so, so, so this advanced skills seminar, Jerry hops on a bird from AZ flies out to, I think it's Atlanta, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then tell us, tell us first off, what, what's Matt's shop like? I mean, online, it looks amazing. Yeah. It's super nice. That's, I think his newest location but I think he has a third location already in the works. Damn. Um, All in Georgia? Yeah, in that, in that same kind of vicinity. He's trying to do a 
like a couple mile radius so yeah. you can kind of coll- have a have a wider umbrella for whenever it hails oh yeah see that's that's Which the thing it about hailed it hailed i think about two weeks before we got there and it almost hailed while we were there so yeah yeah it's been a pretty busy season but yeah i, I mean even without hail i think somebody like that could still do a, a geographic area and kind of create a brand in in a metro people don't realize how many cars are actually out there that need our services and if you if you look at the percentages and try to extrapolate from let's just say auto body but light auto body you know and then and then crossing over into pdr ish plus paint like your the repair with the the toyota you mentioned earlier on it, yeah it, the market's massive it is I and mean, we just we're not even scratching the outer layer of it yeah i think he's he's handling a pretty good number of insurance claims and then uh you know also does complimentary services like ceramic and ppf so right you know he's pretty busy yep yeah god love him for hail i mean hails if you if you can anchor a shop with hail i mean there's no guarantees just ask the guys in freaking denver i mean they went dry for about five years and this year they finally have gotten a couple storms that have come through and are starting to kind of feed everybody out there yeah yeah if i remember correctly i think that's what from his first location they had a good storm and you know instead of a lot of guys might go out and buy a a bigger motorhome or boat or something he took that profit and opened a second location so yeah you know take take the storm and try to invest in the future yeah that's smart definitely smart he's in I think I've had him on the pot. He's, it's been a while, but I believe Matt's fine. He's a super savvy guy. Real nice. Yeah. Young family man like yourself. Um, all right. So you get out there, nice shop. Um, it's a couple day event, correct? I mean, you've got a few, you got a few yeah. things going on. Um, what what's day one like? Oh man, you're gonna have to break it down like that. Day one, we uh we kind of did some well, we we made some damage back to back to truck bumper into the quarter panel of a car uh-huh, and like somebody did a, uh, a jumping fly kick SWAT team style into, uh, into a door. So, and then uh-huh. we wrote, wrote up some estimates, kind of talked about different pricing structures, which is, uh, everyone came up pretty close to the same type of numbers, but, uh, you know, just different, different people, showing their process to price it and yep. Matt Moore's guy even wrote up a like a conventional estimate also uh-huh. just kind of to to show a comparison cost yes so i think the quarter panel damage for pdr priced out around 3500 and the door priced out around 2 i want to say maybe 2500 uh-huh. Nice. And and honestly, the door, I, I would have much rather repaired the quarter panel than the door just because yeah, of the bracing. The, yeah. Yeah. The bracing, the access, the crown yeah. on it was horrible. Uh, I can only imagine the top must have been gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The top was was nasty. So, yeah. Yeah. It's too bad the flying ninja kit couldn't be a little bit lower. So, who did the repairs on? Was it a, a, a team or? an individual it, it was a 
a little bit of a shared effort, but Bryce um, kind of took the the brunt of it, and or Bryce and um, the Man of Steel both uh-huh. both kind of were working the working the dent and kind of getting the initial bulk pulls, and you know, part of the seminar was about the use of like tension lateral yeah. tension or you know uh perpendicular tension to move these these large damages uh a lot of porta powers different you know whether they're using a wood block a porta power with straps or tabs right. uh or ratchet straps like just a lot of varying techniques to kind of just get that panel back under tension. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat nowadays with threaded rods and tabs and, 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 you know, eyelet straps, you know, or, I mean, there's so many, like you said, port of power. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of different ways, just, but ultimately just trying to relieve that tension instead of just pushing through it like the kind of older ways. Yeah. 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 We, we had a Dodge Ram. I took some photos of it yesterday. It got, it, I think like a forked up or something ran into this thing with a pallet and uh, it, it was kinked really bad at the top, which is what you don't want. I'd rather have the damage lower where there's less goes back to the T word tension. And we, it was, it was like three way, you know, pulling from the taillight area, port of power from behind inside off the inner panel and then laterals all at the same time. And then add yeah. some. So it's just, you know, everybody else would have written that bedside, you know, replace, take the bed off, drill out the welds, you know, and then add a new bedside in and bond it in and blah, blah, blah. But no, not here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you have a customer that wants to save that original panel, I think that's has a lot of value. So it does. And then, you know, if the panel, if the repair is priced to the point where you can make, let's say, it's, let's say it was three grand for a case of, you know, for conversation, um, which it kind of was, it's still a lot of work for three grand, but at the same time, you know, for me, it's a day's worth of work. So, and it, and it also is a marketing tool. You know, it, it's a big fishing line with a big massive amount of bait on it to get others to wake up and realize that, Hey, you know what there, I thought there was only one option for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So is that a fully PDR in that case, or is it a push you know, to paint situation? It, it, it's on the fence. We're gonna we're gonna finish it up uh, on Monday. I, I put about four hours into it yesterday, and then we're gonna let the client decide because it's got a pretty net where the top was. I mean, it was a it was a fold over wrinkle. So, yeah. So the paint cracked, factory paint cracked off about a four by two area at the top. Um, so we'll see, you know, if he wants to, how, it, I think he'll end up painting it, Jared, which will add another grand to it, but, uh, plus the sticker on the four by four sticker on the corner, but, but yeah. either way, just for somebody that didn't care about the paint was just like, Hey, you know, like you said, or it's a, let's say it's a special truck, like a Raptor or a TRX or something, you know, you know yeah. sentimental, you know, then, then it, it, I don't know. It's just, like I said, it opens up so many different opportunities. So day one, the Man of Steel, Bryce Kelly, at, 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 you know, and, and and the team jump in on those repairs. What what's day two like? 
so day one was mostly creating the damage, writing an estimate, kind of theory of approach. Day two really, uh, actually, I guess day one started the door. So some some lateral tension, some uh, some pushing on the door. Day two moved into the quarter panel. Um, yeah the majority of the damage was down, you know, at the bumper line. So it was kinked over there pretty good, probably like uh, 30 degrees type of bend, uh, yeah. crack the paint, just, just minor at the bottom. Um, so then lateral tension, some port of power from the inside simultaneously and glue pulling from the outside yep. under the bumper area. So, you know, three, three ways of tension yeah. and pushing and uh, just bulk that thing out on the second day. And yeah. towards the end of the second day, gave Bryce a little bit of, you know, just an hour of quiet pushing time, which uh -huh. was, was pretty, pretty good to see. I think that's part of what everyone wanted to see. There was, you know, just him working without the, the interruption of trying to teach and, 30 questions from 30 people and right you know right. just just watching the guy work in his element he's uh very efficient at what he does <laughs> right yeah you know and tool tip choices would probably be everybody has a little different spin there's so many different ways to to slice an apple in this business you know jared and yeah yeah, and I'm sure that that was probably very informational to watch his cadence and in his systems of operation. Yes, yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, I mean, if it's not a if it's not a standliner tool, for the most part, it seems like he prefers plastic or rubber. Uh, you know, not not really much sharp sharp tip unless it's like the last one percent. But right. Like you said, everyone everyone has their own style. Day, uh, I think day three it was door creases. Bryce, uh, Kent Clark, and Shane all did uh, like a door crease and three different techniques from uh, rolling a, a stand liner type of tool to dragging to stitching. So yeah. pretty pretty neat to see three different people that are you know very skilled do the same damage three different ways and uh be able to compare the like the speed the process the results all yeah. kind of in real time so yeah no that's pretty cool that's nice to have those three different perspectives because at the end of the day we're trying to advance the process and, and we're all going to have creases it's it's the nature of the beast and the more we can get away from having texture in the den and producing near factory results, the better for the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's pretty cool. In, any other takeaways that information that you gleaned, whether it might be estimating or, or, or the techniques. Um, probably one of the more interesting thing is uh, just the use of leather on the guy from Brazil's, he, he was saying that he'll coat like an entire panel with like a whole sheet of leather before he inside? pushes anything. You mean from the inside? 
Yeah, on the inside. Yeah. You know, we, we've been playing. We've been playing around with something similar with uh, with like a, a a non a very non sticky dynamat material, which is similar to what what Geddes was been talking about. But it's just trying to to his point. So that, that's very unique. So yeah, you know, most people don't think about putting something on the inside of the panel before they push. Yeah, I mean, most people dislike pushing through Q pad or uh, you know. The, the insulator pad depending on the material but right he's he's specifically choosing a material that he's familiar with and uh you know just softening yeah, all of his because, pushes instead yeah, of putting it on the tool tip you could think i could see like a thin piece of leather you know maybe maybe doing the trick you know not something thick like suede right but something you know very thin like a jacket you know yeah, I mean, his his process seemed to be, you know, much more large, from what I could gather, much more large tool tip, smooth, which I would think would kind of overstretch the panel, and, and it probably does. But then he uh, hot boxes or shrinks a lot of it back up after. So, yeah, you know, he's he's. Try, it seems like he's trying to avoid the texture is kind of his primary goal. And yeah. then he'll shrink it up as need be. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting way of doing it. You know, it's probably from a time standpoint, you know, and you got to imagine what he's getting paid out there. You know, unless unless he's, you know, serving the ultra wealthy, but I would kind of doubt it. I don't know. Maybe that's pretty yeah. for me to assume. He, he, he was saying he just loves doing what most people think is impossible like right. that's his that's his driving force i think more than the money on it i think he gets decent money for being out there yeah. but uh you know as far as like live living wages but um he's not i don't think he's getting rich doing it out there and uh no. he just does it does it for the passion yeah there was a guy that's on one of the Facebook groups and he's in Argentina and you might know him. This guy posts pretty regularly and he does phenomenal work, kind of similar, albeit not quite as big a smash as his Geddes does. And he was telling the group that he's like a hundred to $150 a repair. And we're all just yeah. like, what? You know, <laughs> but you know, maybe 150 bucks goes a lot farther in, in, in Buenos Aires than, you know, you know, yeah. States. I mean, I think that's all kind of relative if you're, you know, if your rent is $150 and you can do a repair for $150 or, you know, or rents 300, then right. It's yeah. You know, it's all just re relative to what, what your economy is there. So hopefully right. for where they're at, they, they get paid for their skill set. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so aside from uh, Geddes's leather leather trick and and the, the perspective of the three creases, the three the three horsemen on the creases, any, anything else that you can remember? I mean, was there anything non technical that you liked, like marketing or or any of the the pricing or estimating yeah. strategy that you were able to glean info, Jared? Yeah, uh, I mean, I I was pretty comfortable already with the you know the insurance side of the 
writing for a conventional and, you know, going, going paintless dent repair whenever possible. So, but they did speak to that for, for quite a while, uh, handling the insurance process. Cause I think that's new to quite a few people. And then they had a, a sales guy come in and he was good. I, his background is actual, actually, I believe, uh, like business sales, uh-huh. uh, mostly like technical companies, but sure. you know, so large dollar sales and, uh, he, he was good also as yeah. you know, neat from a different perspective, different business, but still like trying to sell, sell what your, um, your business is and, and be able to sell what makes you different than the competition. So. Right. And that's, and that's just the thing. I mean, you know, we'll get into your, your next phase. If you got a moment, Jared, I don't want to eat too much of your time. Maybe your kids have sports or something today, but um, that's, that's a thing that anybody's going to come across, whether they're mobile or their shop. I mean, it's, you know, to try to explain to the customer why we're different, why, what benefits we offer, because a lot of times people, We'll text, ask for a price. We get that every day, you know, and then, you know, to no fault their own because they just don't understand what PDR typically is. And you wouldn't, why should they? Yeah. You know, yeah. then they just shoot for the bottom estimate and then go to town. And then by the grace of God, if they get a good repair and a, and a fair tech, then great. But more often than not, with that strategy, they get stung, you know? Yeah. Well, it's pretty funny watching uh, Keith and Shane interact because they're such good friends so i mean like what you're speaking about is uh yeah they said you know if they're in the same market because one of them is completely mobile and the other one has a shop and he's like you know the shop i would sell it like you know we have a controlled environment this helps us give you the best results you know he would try to sell it that way and the mobile guy was like you know I would sell the convenience of why should you have to drop your car off and wait, you know, two days or get a rental. Like I can just come to you. There's no hassle. Like, so right. it's really trying to pick whatever your, your selling point is and, and try to make that stick to the customer. Nice. So they, they had like a little point counterpoint, a little, a little debate. Yeah. And they, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Cause that that's popular in our industry and it's happening pretty much in most major cities right now as these PDR shops are starting to sprout up, you know, yeah. that we are, we're competing with our own brethren, unfortunately, but, and then of course body shops, but, but, uh, and I, I try not to talk S on, on any mobile tech. Cause I know there's good guys out there as well as ass. Um, I just tell people my, I, I, I kind of similar to what Shane was talking about. If he took the shop side and Keith was mobile, you know, we talk about the benefits and then I just, just say, if you're going to choose a mobile guy, there's good guys out there, especially for the smaller repairs. I, I say, it's not that big of a difference. Really. I go, just make sure you do your investigation. Make sure they've got, you know, website and reviews. If you're getting somebody off Craigslist, God help you. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah. I tell price shoppers the same thing. Like yeah, you can choose whoever you want, but, at least make sure that they have good reviews. Like, yeah, at, at minimum, do 
do that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them don't. A lot of them just assume because they say they can do it, they can, which is just insanity. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you for the breakdown on, on the seminar. That sounded like it was pretty amazing. I, I, I'm really bummed I wasn't able to attend, but, but once again, more information for your, for your brain trust, Jared, and, and to help seed your business even farther along uh, with all those great individuals, those thought leaders. There's a lot of good people there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you, if you caught it, Igor, one of our, another, one of our former students, uh, from way back, probably nine, 10 years ago, I would guess. Um, he, he pulled the trigger and opened a shop down in Southern California below us, maybe South of us, uh, not even an hour, probably 45 minutes South of us in, in near Oceanside. Um, which is an interesting area. It's part military town. It's part big residential, a uh, decent demographic. You know, middle, maybe slightly middle plus, but I'd say pretty close to middle America. And, and and it's working well for him. He, you know, he wants to grow it. I think he's just still doing just PDR out of there. Um, but he's got he's got a good amount of work. And I, he may still go out a little bit. I think he does. Maybe for, for a couple of body shops here and there. Or if somebody just absolutely demands mobile and they're willing to pay, you know. Yeah. But, but so far, so good with him. Um we had him on the podcast and talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago. And lo and behold, you dropped the bomb on me a couple days ago. Uh, and what did you say? Yep. I'm looking for a space. I actually put in a intent to lease on one, one space and considering a spot in one of my friends who has a, a kind of a combo body and paint shop and they also do ppf and wraps and and uh ceramic coating so nice all all good complimentary services and i already do their their paintless dent repairs so they have a an acid spot that would have its own its own office and own suite number uh uh-huh. that connects around the back so those yeah. are kind of my two options but yeah, looking to get a brick and mortar facility and probably be a little bit of a slow transition, maybe six months to try to, you know, start getting all of the retail to come to me and and leave the shop just for a few accounts. So. Right, right, right. Just some steady as she goes wholesale or whatever. Um, yeah. So, so let for perspective's sake. Tell, tell the listeners, what, tell us your motivations. I mean, maybe start with, with what summers are like where you live. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so summers, well, last year, I think it didn't get below 100, even as a low, for over 90 days. So, yeah. uh, you know, at the, at the peak, it's 120, 122, 123 in the middle of the day so yeah. and the summer lasts six months so it yeah. can be pretty rough <laughs> yeah yeah so if you're a mobile guy i mean you would hope somebody's got a garage or at least a carport but even yeah. then it could be 100 degrees in there and you're out of the sun but right yeah yeah so ideally you're at least out of the sun but if you have to work in a parking lot like it's just the ground reflects heat and you know the heat's just coming off of that the asphalt or bouncing off of 
adjacent cars. It's it's workable, but obviously not ideal. Um, but I mean, I think even beyond the weather is like like you were saying of the industry leaders, thought leaders. Like it seems pretty pretty constant that most people think that a brick and mortar kind of gives you some a little more relevance, especially if you're going to do insurance claims and uh, have a place to drop off for, you know, full day or multiple day repairs, repairs that might need some touch up if they don't PDR to a satisfactory result. So that's, that's kind of where, where I'm leaning towards is trying to do less, less tickets, but higher dollar, whether that's self-pay to avoid insurance or insurance claims. Yeah. And that's kind of the dividing line, which most mobile techs will always figure out is that they'll always be able to scoop small dents away from shops. Typically, especially if they're proficient, they got the reviews like you mentioned because they're quick, easy hits. They don't have the overhead. They don't mind doing a dent for 150 bucks, you know, whereas a shop, I mean, we're by design and just like body shops above us, we're all set up to do larger damage typically, you know, and it's, it's what we want. You know, we, it's not, it's not that I don't want or don't care about the $150 dents, but just the interaction, the time for me to touch and talk to somebody or, or work on a car when I could be working on a $600 dent, let's say yeah, it, economically, it just doesn't make as much sense. So that's why I never, we tell people we start at 150, but full disclosure, we're about 275 and up, you know, just yeah. because of the value of the time. If that makes sense. Yeah, there's there's a lot of other time wrapped up in in any process that's not just the tool time on the vehicle. So right. Customer interaction, drop off, pickup, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I get people to call and I'm sure you do too, and you and you'll get more of them. Hey, are, are you a mobile service? I prefer to have mobile. And I get it. They're busy. I had a lady that actually went out and did a mobile and I hardly ever do it. She's, she had a young baby who was, likes to take naps in the middle of the day. And she didn't want to have to slog that baby into the car seat to just get a dent taken out of her car. I get that. And it was very minor dent. It was a quarter size dent in her brand new Tahoe, you know, but, yeah. but then there's other people that say they want mobile and then they send you a photo. It's cantaloupe size, you know, with a couple wrinkles or some nasty crowns. And you're like, okay most most mobile guys aren't going to either they may not know how to do it or they're not going to be confident or they're not going to price it much cheaper than I am you know so then you can start getting into the trust and and start to pull those type of jobs but it's the small dorting stuff that like I said I mean if you're in, if, if your demo is similar to ours which I imagine it would be it's going to be it, it could be be a little bit challenging to get those smaller pairs but eventually you're not going to care you know you're going to you're going to have your 1500 to $3,000 jobs every day, or hopefully just about every day. And, and if somebody rejects you on a hundred dollar dent, you're going to be like, Hey, that's dust off my shoulder. I really could care less, you know, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's just economics. Yeah. I think if you could, if at least initially I'm, I'm hoping for some of those smaller dents still, but to uh, sell it kind of as a waiter, you know, they don't have to drop yeah. it off, just drive, wait yeah. for, 30 minutes to an hour and yeah, drive your car back out. So that's right. Drive through dent. And, and people in your 
area, I'm sure understand the weather and that you're going to probably produce a better result just because of the convenience and the comfort. You know, yeah. It's one thing just to be outside because of glare, you know, in Oregon or Southern California, but to be in Phoenix, you know, or New Mexico in the summer, it's bacon at Albuquerque or something. I wouldn't want to be doing it in a parking lot. I've done it. I know exactly what you're talking about. All the cars around are like charcoal briquettes. They're soaking and radiating the heat right back at you. <clears throat> I had a prometer at one time. We were at Decimer Loma and it was like August. And the air temp was like 115, 116, but it was 135 between the cars. Yeah. And I'm just like, no wonder I feel horrible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I get it. The good um, thing is you don't have to, you don't have to heat the paint. Yeah. But you do have to cool it down to, to glue pole. So, you know, oh, that's, sure. that's. Oh, we water cooled everything. Yeah, that's, you know, time sleeves soaking wet, you know, long wide brim hats. Yeah, yes. glue would be a pain in the ass. You have to use hot weather glue and. Uh, yeah, it's fun. time time consuming to do it in the in the summer for sure. Yeah. And is somebody going to want to pay extra money? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, hard to price it different because of it's a hundred, 120. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, Hey, that's your problem. Not mine. It's the same size then as it'd be in freaking November. Yeah. Um, it should be a mobile tech RX add on is, is a uh, heat index. Yeah. <laughs> well, or just, yeah. Bad, bad weather, whether it's snowing and ice cold, which would have its own, you know, difficulties or super hot. Just yeah, you could slide the bar graph over. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Slide it way over. I had, a, I had a friend used to push in Maine. He's no longer with us, unfortunately, rest in soul. But he uh, used to tell me that he's the one that invented that. I never saw somebody with uh, Velcro for his tap down because he if he put it down. There was snow and he'd lose it. So. And then the panels, so they wouldn't, the clear coat wouldn't crack. He'd take his gloves off and just hold his hand or he'd have a torch there, you know, just to warm up the, the surface so it would, it would it'd be pliable. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah, like you said, it, it, mobile tech slide bar, radio bar, just freaking, it's crazy. Um, last thing, and I'll let you get back to your family. Um, actually, hold on one sec, Jared. I got a customer pulling up right now. We're recording this on Saturday. This guy's pulling up in a red test. So let me grab somebody. All right. Hey, hi. I got a Tesla coming right now. I'm on a podcast. Can you give this guy an estimate? Okay, thanks. Um, yeah. So you, you mentioned those two shops real quick. One was a, um, one was uh, jumping into somebody else's operation, and they're they're doing all those, you know, recon minded services. And then the other one would be would be your own puppy. Yeah. Go over the pros and cons because I'm sure you've got a list in your mind or you've sketched them out. What would uh what are the pros and cons with both those options? I mean, I think the probably the biggest pro for me is just having uh of having your own space is literally that, like having your own space to set up exactly how you want. You don't have to worry about being dependent on anyone else's vehicles or you know, struggles, people in the way, right. whatever Our conflict game. might, might be there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing of being solo, the, yeah. the downside or, or I guess the, the plus of going into a facility like theirs is 
that I already do their dent repair, but I'm sure I could upsell more dent repair there, you know, being on site and being able to quote them myself versus, you know, them, them giving a ballpark range. Right. Uh, no, of course. And they, like I said, they already have a customer base. So there would definitely yeah. be some pro, that, that's a pro, obviously. Obviously, yeah, and then go ahead. And then that's who, uh, who I've used primarily for vehicles when they need paint work, anyways. So okay, if so you get if I yeah, so if I did need paint work and it was at the other location, I'd have to jockey the car, whether it's driving it or having it towed there, depending on the circumstance. But uh, you know, so I would already be a hundred feet from a paint booth if something needed uh, paint. And like I said, since I'm trying to capture the larger jobs, you know, hopefully still not too many of them need paint, but you know, if one out of 10 does, that's still, that's still something to consider as oh, far yeah, as being no, close, sure. close to a, a paint booth and a shop that has a proficient painter uh, because yeah. not all painters are alike. So, no, no, 100%. Just like PDR type. <laughs> 100%. Um, I, yeah, the main thing, the thing that stands out to me is, you know, if they have high traffic counts, like you and I were talking about the other day, if there's a high foot traffic and it's a great place that you're going to get volume, it might make sense because you're probably going to be able to get a lot of volume work. If they don't, then you're going to be predicated for success based on maybe cross-selling, upselling your services, kind of like Igor's talking about down in San Diego. So you, yeah. know, and you won't be able to do that. You won't be able to sell bumpers. You won't be able to sell ceramics or PPF like Matt Moore does, for example. You yeah. Know, so so that, that would be my decision. You know, if I can get my own spot, I think your opportunity for revenue is much higher, you know, and then hopefully you can still use it. I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine they'd have a problem with, unless you're across the street or something that they would be like, ah, you know, go ahead, you know, and then you could, we'll still, you know, back up your paint, paint services. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that, that wouldn't be a, that would not be a concern at all. I would still be their dent guy and they would still be able to, uh, I'm sure do my, my paint work, but, um, the, so the, the location like in their shop is actually, it started as a second suite. It's technically like next door. So depending on my, my ability to sell it that way, uh, I could just say I have a good relationship with them. You know, it could go through me and probably work out something similar to like what I do with their dents, which is they, they get a discount off of the retail rate and we could probably do something similar the other way of, you know, the customer pays retail and I get some discount off of it for acquiring the customer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and unless you, like you said, I know it was, it's always hard to find automotive spots, automotive zone, but if you, unless you just can't find something, you know, and, and you, and this is all you've got, it's better than probably than nothing. But if you could get your own, own rodeo. Yeah. That, yeah. That be, right. They're, uh, their location definitely it's more tucked away it's i mean that's how most automotive complexes are out here um right Everywhere. and for 
the size and kind of budget that I had in mind searching, having a broker search for everything that's within a reasonable driving range for me. There were two locations that said they might accept my use. Uh-huh. So it is slim pickings. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. That's just kind of the way it is in our industry. Automotive has such a bad connotation. Everybody pictures 30, 30 cars in the parking lot and grease everywhere. It's just not yeah. the case with VR and <clears throat> Yeah. So. Well, cool. I, I appreciate you. We're up just shy of an hour, about 50 minutes in. Hopefully, uh, I didn't interrupt your breakfast or oh, no. family time. Nope. But, uh, all, all good. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully some people out there get something good out of it and uh, just looking to progress. So, yeah, no, I, I, even I did. I mean, that, that talk about leather. I mean, that's that's something I'll definitely experiment around with. Get, get us as definitely a thought leader and i'm sure you've got a lot more things that you picked up um, oh yeah yeah let's maybe uh maybe after you open maybe like three four five months after let's try to swing you back in and we can talk about about post-mortem and see what uh you know yeah. the, the wins and, and lessons from a new shop that'd be a great perspective jared yeah yep sounds good very cool well look have a All great right. Saturday. are you you're not working today right no Oh, good. I hope not. I just got a text. I, I'm on my phone doing this, and I saw it come across asking if I'm available today. So, I'm about to break that news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, hopefully you could spend some good solid time with the family. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, sir. All right, Jerry. Great talking with you. You too. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Bye. So, guys, that was uh, Jerry Kirk, former student. I'm going to say four years ago, three, four years ago, he came out, was, was fantastic, dedicated, calm, out of body tech background. It's just, I hate to say it. He's a cheater. That's what he is. You know, when you got the, that skill set and that mindset and you could just tell he's just, you know, calm and collected and intelligent. And, and uh, he's, he's a perfect candidate for, for PDR, not only tech, but business, business, you know, businessmen, ownership, whatever. Um, so he's just got, got the, the sky's the limit for Jared. So I'm so excited for him and his new shop. That's just some cool stuff. It's, you don't have to do it. You can make a great living being a mobile guy, you know, and, and, you know, Lee, Lee up in LA, you know, Denting King, and there's a bunch of other guys. Um, Shane Rosas. I, I don't think he's got a shop. Uh, I don't even think Bryce Kelly's got a shop out in Florida. I think Bryce just uses a body shop as a backup when he needs it. Um, I could be wrong, but, um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of the, the trend. I think there's just so much upside, you know, it's tough to make a hundred grand a month, you know, as a mobile tech, put it that way, but all things are possible when you've got a shop. So I'll, I'll leave you with that. But anyway, uh, thank you very much to Jared Kirk and family for allowing him to take the time away on a Saturday morning. Um, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the, the ears and, and the attention, all the love, man. Um, and you'll be hearing this. We're going to post this up on Monday. So this was Saturday, June 24th. Hey, it's my wedding anniversary. So I am here at the shop, but I'm going to be getting out here early. The wife and I are going to go bike around the beach and have some vittles, maybe a pop or two, and a uh, hug and a kiss for a very special lady. We're 23 years in. I don't know how. 
I don't know how, I don't know how she's put up with me for this whole time, but I'm, I'm very thankful. So anyway, happy anniversary, Christine jump. And that's it. This is Brian jump. We'll catch you on the next SAI million dollar PDR podcast. Bye-bye for now.